0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Joe Lavaca. This is a redo from a recording that was lost in the ether back in November. I'm really pumped to get right into it. So, without further ado, Dr. Joe Lavaca. Man, how are you? Good, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, Man, there's so much I have to talk to you about. Like, I feel like it's only been a couple months since we talked, and there's so much that's happened.
1: I know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. How was your new year and everything? All good?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was pretty mellow. You know, my wife was working and my family was out of town, so I just kind of hung out and binge watched TV and took it easy. You know? (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah, not bad at all. You gotta keep it mellow when you get. Up there, you know what I mean. You got to Well, I'm in bed by like 9:30. I don't need this. I've had a bunch of New Years already. It's okay. You know yeah. what I mean.
1: Once you've done one or two, it's a, it's, a, it's good now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. So what's interesting is is I've uh, so I've interviewed John Campione and Mike Stella. So I wanted to ask you about the uh, the the Rock Trade Retreat. So get your take on it.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. So. um as you know, I don't know how much the public knows about this, but each year uh, in January, we pick a site, we head on out to a RockTape quote unquote instructor summit. And it, it's a really interesting weekend because there's so many minds in that room that yeah. see things in a very particular light. Um, but the main purpose is that the message of rock tape comes through. Uh, we're always kind of staying above the most current research or literature or opinions or facts we kind of talk about them openly because as you can imagine um, there's a lot of different parameters for continuing education in the UK versus Australia versus Germany versus the US and it, a lot of people won't even come to courses in the UK or Germany or Australia unless they're scientifically backed and having this team, mainly of Paul Coker and and Steve Stahl, uh, who are self-admittedly the rock tape research team because they have to be, Um, (laughs) they really do a nice job at consolidating a lot of the evidence for, uh, well, to to the extent that it exists. I mean, there's not a ton of new things coming out about tape anymore. I mean, we're all just kind of like agreeing that tape can be used to modulate pain. Uh, You can use it as a cue on the skin to help Guide movement or motor learning, but then after that, the questions kind of just keep piling up. So, you know, you've been to all the courses, and you know that right. we kind of we kind of very real. And, and my message is always, how does it empower you to be better?
0: Right.
1: You have all these tools; all of them are great, but how do you consistently use them, and how do you measure them appropriately with outcomes? So we. Uh, 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 talked about some new concepts we talked about uh, a couple of new courses uh, the bigger ones this year were pods and floss yeah so always nice to review that from you know the people who designed the course themselves but the biggest game changer and i'm sure stella and john mentioned it to you was the musculoskeletal ultrasound that yep. we're going to start these courses and i think we're all really just super psyched about it uh you know not not to you know if anyone's listening or watching, we're not diagnosticians. We're not going to be diagnosing anything in, in, the, in the things. But um, most people want to see. You know, they, they want to believe what's what's happening and what's important and how can you measure um, success and how I think maybe more importantly you can measure buy-in. And, you know, just a little bit I've done with the, the ultrasound. has kind of blown people away. And they're like, wow, okay, I, I, I kind of understand how – Yes, your hands or the inputs from tape or pods or blades or you name it can be important. But when I move, a whole new thing happens. Like there's so much more um, dissociation between the tissues and there's so much more exaggeration of slide and glide. And you show that to someone they're like, oh, wow, okay, so no wonder why my massage maybe has kind of run its course after 15 years um, yeah. from my back is that I just haven't been actively moving enough. So as a tool for um, convincing people to move and, and allowing them to see the importance of movement, uh, I think it's gonna be huge for us. And then on top of you know, closing the loop is one of those words we like to say during the instructor summits um, to really kind of uh, drive home a lot of the learning points that we do uh, during the courses
0: yeah that was really awesome, and then just everybody, like John and Mike, both talking about who they kind of stuck with throughout the course of the the whatever how many days were there, four days, three or four days yeah
1: we, we, we had to be there on Thursday night, and then the meetings went straight through until sunday afternoon
0: yeah that's really cool, and then just you know because you guys are such an eclectic group of people that all have these different ways of teaching that all culminate to the same point, which is really fascinating to me. And that's why I keep getting all all the different instructors on my podcast because everybody thinks differently, but the same way, which is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, and it's cool because, you know, when a a question pops up, you know, and just because you had, you know, Campione and Stella, it's, you know, some kind of like neurological based question would pop up and everyone would be like, well, I don't know. Ask campione. Yeah. You know, like Some kind of like sport application would come up and it'd be like, I don't know. Ask Stella or, or Mitch, you know, those are right. the guys that ask for that. And it's like, it, it was really cool to see, um, even the humility between each one of us. And like, I always preach like, know your lane, know your lane, know your lane. And, right. you know, defer to people. And there's quite a few of them who probably know a lot more than you and see what they're doing. Right. Um, so it's really cool. It's it's a very humbling uh, few days. It is a very challenging few days, um, but it's also a lot of fun. Uh, right. You know, as, as I'm sure I don't know how much they told you. There's karaoke parties and. A lot <laughs> well, of exercises.
0: Know, I, I try to follow everybody, so I see everybody's stories. I could get a pretty good idea. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you piece that one together, huh?
0: Yeah, and then you were hanging out with Courtney at like one day in. Colorado, and we both got snowstorms that day, and then the next day you were in Cancun, right? Oh, just... man,
1: yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that had to be right around uh, New Year's. That's where yeah. I went to Denver. Um, yeah, hung out there, and then, yeah, big uh, big shift in a, <laughs> a three-hour flight, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious, man. And then that just kind of drives us to uh, the next point I wanted to talk about, um, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it much at your course because – you know, like that was like your wedding, I guess, kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you guys are so busy talking to everybody. I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys, but uh, both of you guys went to the FR, um, the, for the people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, the, the functional range release lower yep. course, right? And you guys went there the week before.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you talk about people who think a little bit differently or see the picture differently, um, me and Court are probably the epitome of that statement, Um, just based on our our environment and our backgrounds, me being a PT, her being a chiropractor, um, you know, her having such significant experience in in such a specific market, you know. Um, But we took that course, kind of coincidentally, just the week before we started doing our course, they try to just I think help each other understand a little bit more because we're always trying to reconcile or bring together the idea of like, well, how important are biomechanics and how not important are biomechanics. And there's probably that piece to fit in at any given time. Um, but what was really interesting about the lower extremity course is I felt like finally after what I think I took my first functional range course around 2012, uh, 2013. And and after all of the exposure to the system and, and reading the blogs and following the, probably a lot of the same people, you know, you and your audience follows, it finally felt like it's really coming together uh, um, during that weekend. And, and that's a testament to the work of like Mike Shivers and Jerry Spina and those guys always trying to enhance the philosophies and, and really bring in, um, complicated ways of thinking but but making them seem simple um yeah. and that's really what i took out of that that third weekend was now i finally like saw the link more clearly between fr and frc and and, and kin and you know to some people who are who are listening who maybe have taken courses recently might be, oh that was very apparent well i don't know if it was apparent to me in, in 2013 because yeah. you, know, you walk into a course like that and i didn't know what to expect and it just, just seemed like everything was like whoa just yeah. straight over the top it's a long three days you know you're, you're you're tired and taking a course I think is a lot harder than teaching it because if you're up there teaching it, and you know what you want to say you probably have an understanding of the information to be able to um, relay that and then have people experience it for the first time and it's really just a PowerPoint slides, I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, one PowerPoint slide could be five or six different research articles, you know, and you're like, well, how does that tie to that? And, you know, in the presenter's neat mind, right? It's all like, well, this is completely uh, understandable. But Correct. yeah, when uh when Mike broke down um a lot more of the um cellular processes and and a little bit more of the rationalization between the neural tensions and the, the mechanical tensions i mean it's just i think even since december my my practice manually has gotten significantly better in all phases of the body yeah Uh, just because i went back and i reviewed some of my notes from from taking the other courses and i was like okay all right well maybe i did write down something like that but i
0: had no idea what i was talking about (laughs) yeah those and they are so good at making that flow and giving you so much information and making it make sense like in the moment that's actually like really complicated so then you start to kind of go research it a little bit on your own and you're like, this is complicated shit. But he's yeah. up there just talking like it's no big deal. And it's and so what I the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was there's a there's an obvious difference between the FR course and then the philosophies of like the rocket, right? So rock tape you're working more neurologically and then the F R course kind of brings it together because sometimes you have people with soft tissue issues and that's gonna happen. You know, so the the force is the language of sales and movement is what we say. That's like their favorite quote, right? Yeah. And so what I try to explain to uh, a lot of my clients and uh, potential clients is, you know, you've been doing CrossFit for however long, right? How long did it take you to get strong? So if you have a true soft tissue injury, it's going to take you that long with you doing all of your homework and you doing all your stuff, plus seeing me to get rid of it completely. Whereas like, as far as like the, the rock tape goes on a lot of my other modalities, like neurokinetic therapy, that is working with neurological dysfunction, you know? So like, this is tight. Let's figure out why this is tight. Is it weak and tight or is it strong and tight? Let's figure out where it's coming from. Let's, um, add some stuff and, and, you know, provide neurological input for this and maybe this will release and then see how, you know, see how it goes because, and yeah, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the difference there and yeah, how I mean, you it to your practice.
1: Yeah. I think that, and uh, I'll, I'll take it back as far as my, my first uh, FR course with Dre. Cause I mean, I think kind of simultaneously that's when I probably started getting involved with rock tape a little bit more. Um, and the thing that I, that I love that Dre said is that in, in any one treatment session, everything is going to be placebo. Right. and i think that people knock manual therapy as placebo they'll knock tape as placebo they'll knock blades as placebo they'll knock any long list of things that are not fully understood or are complicated to read or, or or get into that have multiple layers are just kind of immediately dismissed as well if you see some kind of change we know that this is not a structural change we know that this is obviously some sort of neural trickery or central nervous system trickery and i think that you know when when I tried to bring the two together, it's always a matter of, well, what's my test and my retest showing me? And you know, to take it back to one of my first interactions with with rock tape, it was kind of like work from the outside in, whereas FR works from the inside out. But with all these movement screens that we know and just comparing active and passive ratios and, and learning a little bit about what patients are feeling and closing angle panes and, and opening angle panes, if if somebody has a, a, a true joint capsular pattern and a closing angle pain, well, you know, those are things that I know are not going to probably be resolved. Anymore. Like it's just, doesn't make sense, right? Or perhaps a blade or, or, or a broad tool is not going to be specific enough to try to get into specific angles of the capsule to mobilize them or to potentially try to, elicit some manual technique if you're capable of doing so. So when, when the joint is significantly limited, I I will always resort back to like FR principles. Um, and if there's limitation within the joint, right? So maybe it's not a capsular pattern, maybe, you know, to, to your point that you just made before some neurological tightness, right? Right. Either way, you're going to have a limited range of motion, but probably because of different things. Well, you really, uh, Um, end up resorting to the tape is for when people seemingly present with good passive mobility, right? Maybe good active mobility, not quite caught up to the passive side. But when I assess them passively, I'm not finding much to just dive into and start mobilizing and just touching for no reason. And that's where I think like, the tools as it, as it relates back to the neurology of everything with, okay, how can we tackle maybe free nerve endings? How can we tackle skin glide? Cause skin glide probably won't limit range of motion all that much, but it can cause differences in force transmission or how can we now allow the tape to be a teacher? So that way I don't have to bombard people with words and cues and clever, you know, point your chest to the light bulbs in the corner of the room that's, you know, facing three o'clock, you know, just because we're all about external cueing and everything. Right. Yeah. So if I can drive that point home with the tape, I mean, that's really where my mind goes with it. Can I alleviate your symptoms and just improve your quality of life a little bit? Um, if I alleviate your symptoms and improve your quality of life, are you more willing to move? Are you more willing to then buy into, movement consistently and then once people just start moving things happen right to, to kind of quote Albert Einstein right nothing happens until something moves well if you can get people moving then that's really the key um because a lot of those neurological tightnesses a lot of those capsular things those are going to take time and people really need to understand that but then people also just want to immediately get out of pain and uh we we, we talked about this um I think the last time we, we were speaking, or maybe I spoke about it with Shante at the instructor summit, because she, she mentioned a little bit about opioids and tape isn't killing, you know, 14 people an hour in the United States. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> you
1: know, no one ever got addicted to tape. No one ever got addicted to rock blades or pods, right. right? But in my time of using them, they have promoted significant pain relief for people. Right. Much the same way that an opioid could do it or a medication can do it. So really what what's the risk reward there? Can I take 10 seconds and, and put a piece of tape on someone and maybe that deters them from taking that medication that night and then that breaks a cycle for them to start taking ownership of a few things, right? Yep. I think absolutely. And that's why um, I'll continue to work for Rock Tape as long as they'll have me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's the, that's the weird thing, me uh, mentioning the opioids thing, because – if Rock Tape was that way and it was killing 14 people a minute or whatever you just said, then that would they would put you out of business so fast. Oh,
1: 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You would be able to find this stuff.
0: Yeah. and so, But that's the difference between a multi-million dollar company and a multi-billion dollar company, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. But we have a billion dollars, so it's cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's insane. So, because uh, I use it um, a lot to correct those neurological patterns, like a lot of people have, like when they're running. And so, one of my favorite ones that I use pretty consistently is um, with the lateral subsystem. And we talked about this last time too, which is the uh, opposite QL. So we'll say left QL, and then the right uh, adductors and the right abductors. And so that. Um, I have one video on my Instagram feed where I had, uh, one of my clients who was running and always has medial knee pain. And so when I watch her run, she has internal rotation of her femur. And then, Mm -hmm. so I just taped up her lateral subsystem and her brain was like, Oh, and then that was it. And the pain went away and then her running stride got better. And I'm like, well, shit, how come I didn't do that the first two times, you know? So it's so
1: fascinating when um, all of us as movement professionals look to constrain movement.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, you know, be clever when it comes to interactions with environments and sets and reps and goals and all this other stuff. But for something like running, right? I mean, there is no constraint to that. I mean, if you are human, you can run, right? Yep. So I always, I always kind of find it interesting when I'm reading research on – novice runners versus expert runners and it's like saying like you're a novel novice human or an expert human right i think there were just some things that we were designed to do how often you do them is often a matter of training error now in this day and age and what your tissues are capable of handling um and i don't know who told me this but it was one of my mentors earlier on in school and he said he thinks that over 90 percent of everyone he sees just comes down to training error and yeah. people kind of Trying things or doing something too long or um, not doing things enough, and then just kind of trying to make up for time. And as much as I try to educate patients, that happens all the time. So right. when you bring up that idea of, like, well, I saw a deficit, I, I, I taped in this pattern just to provide maybe some simple neurosensory cues. And then after that, a lot of times I'll just tell people, try again, you know, walk, run, you know, squat. See how it feels. And did the tape make a difference in your ability to program or achieve that task? You know? right. um, and I, I always want to try to have people feel comfortable in weight or performance of body weight movements because those are not based to me, right? And, and it, it allows people that ability to explore and to kind of play, you know, that word we like to, to throw around so much and then never really utilize unless okay. when it comes to and things like that right but you know they're not doing a highly technical olympic lift so when i try to look at a runner and, and things like that is there a way to optimally snatch under a barbell probably because we invented a barbell and weights and we invented the snatch right this right. is all within the last 100 years if that right but we squatting and rolling and crawling and running and twisting and turning for millennia so do we really need more teaching on how to just be human or do we just need to just step back and just give ourselves a chance to succeed and I think that for me um and since I've been working with uh, a a trainer too one of the first couple things I I took from him and you you probably follow him too James Chung on uh right so I finally you know hired him as my trainer and, and one of the things that I took from him in the immediately first two sessions and we've been friends for a long time was that he wasn't bombarding me like I was bombarding patients with information and he kind of let me fail and then he'd come back after each set and said okay what do you what do you feel there and I'd tell him and he's like okay well, why don't you try this next time All right and then would step back and just let me go and I was like wow this is what I've been trying to do with my patients, but then I just can't help but talk and try to interject as I offer them a solution. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? Love that squat. Why don't you try pushing that knee out a little bit more? And then as they're squatting, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Push the knee out. There you go. Keep going. Yeah, put, keep keep doing this. Keep doing this. And I'll throw another thing on top of them, right? Another external cue. Because again, I'm so clever, Jesse. So clever. <laughs> um, Whereas, you know, the, the last two months or so, I've just been Trying to mimic that a little bit, and it's so hard as a movement professional to keep your mouth closed. Yeah, it's allowed me to practice some nasal breathing, right. uh, and I've been getting better and better at that. Minus the last two weeks when my daughter thankfully got me sick, yeah, uh, which made nasal breathing a little bit difficult. But, right. uh, but yeah, I, I think it's really interesting as as you read about external cueing, um, and the idea of constraint based movements and how we can play with those things, but how there are certain times when constraining movement increases performance, but oftentimes it it actually works against you to a lot of degree. So I think, again, like everything else, it always comes down to uh, context.
0: Right. And so I just want to touch on that just a little bit before we do like an after action report of your first ever education course that you and Courtney put on. (laughs) Um, So, you know, when I learned how to coach, it was in a mixed martial arts setting and then eventually i moved on to coaching crossfit and you can't really bombard people when they're under duress like that you really have to you really have to think about what you want to say and what is most important in that moment and then shout out that one thing and then everybody learns differently you know right. so if you're like if i'm cornering my fighter and i've been training him for 3 months he's like a machine and he's going to listen to every cue that I give him. But then when I go back to the gym and I'm yelling at people who are sparring, they're not going to be listening to the same things that he listened to. So then you have to figure out how to say different things that are the same thing to different people. And it's really, it's really interesting on how people process information because then there's other people that just go into that deep, dark hole and don't listen to anything. And then right. that, those are the people that need all the information afterwards, right? And so it's like, it's a, essentially what we're doing is just coaching people. We're just coaching yeah. people into moving better. And it's, I've become really good at just observing and I don't coach like the traditional CrossFit coach because I just watch everybody and be like, what are the cues that will make a difference now versus what kind of mobility stuff do I need to put them in later? you know what I mean? Or should they even be doing that movement at all? And these are all just the, you know, questions that are kind of rattling around in my brain bucket. so, So now back to your, uh, let's talk about your, uh, top down, bottom up course. Cause I had like first thing, I had a great time. It was awesome. And when I went in, I was like, I know a little bit about the foot and then Courtney started talking. And I'm like, all I know about the foot is that it's at the end of my leg. I don't know shit else. I don't know anything, you know, and. That's how I felt too, man. <laughs> I knew what she was going to say. Yeah, but it's just like, holy shit, lady. And I could see her, you know, because I got the, the, the dork seat, like right up in the front and I could see her. She would just get in there and start like playing with her little foot yep. and then she'd be like, oh. And teaching a class and then pull back and then just move seamlessly through the information. And it was really interesting kind of watching that, speaking of just like observing, right? And 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 then I think you guys work really well together. Like it was really fun. Yeah. It was good. Uh, I think that you know
1: we each have our, our, our strengths. Um yeah. and and from the beginning I think you know Court is like, like you said, I mean, she'll she'll lose herself in those labs, and yeah. you know, when she goes into those rabbit holes or those tangents, I mean, it, it, and she just kind of you can see her just like go almost into like, um, I think we talked about it on our previous podcast, like she goes into like a flow state, right? Yeah, it's just like, here's the foot, here it is, and then all of a sudden, five, ten minutes goes by, and she looks up, and she's like, Did I talk too long? And I'm like, <laughs> No, 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 that's that's perfect now let me just try to bring everyone back and like 10,000 foot it into what you just said. And let's go from there or let's now do something in the lab. And I think that was the the biggest amount of feedback that we got after the first course, which was truly helpful. And we were both kind of taking notes while, while each other were, were talking and like things that we were picking up and it's tough to self critique and then critique the person that you're presenting with. But as we started getting the videos back, because we had a, a videographer and, and, and a uh, photographer kind of taking some pictures and stuff, um, for a couple of reasons, but I, I found it really interesting going back and, and, and watching it, like, okay, wow, well, I need to slow down my, my pace here a little bit, or, you know what, that wasn't really clear, re-listening to that, you know, and yeah, it's cool to have all these like, little videos and stuff to post up onto Instagram, but for, for us, I think they became even more educational. And we're already talking for the next like couple of cities that we're going to do, taking the feedback that we got from you guys and trying to make it a little bit more interactive on that day one, Um, being a little bit more in the time flows for day two. So we can really now kind of maybe do more group case studies and then just kind of through conversations. And I think taking the FR course, because you know, there was not a lot of things that we were going to add, you know, three days before we rolled it out. And, you know, we already sent PDFs to everyone and outlines to everyone. So I think there's a couple of um, newer ways to stay interactive. Right. Um, And I think that again, you know, we'll we'll listen to that feedback and then try to do better again the next time, you know, and uh, I think that that's, what's going to make this course um, do well is the fact that there's two of us. I'm gonna say something, and, and court's gonna smash it, right? And then court's gonna say something, and I'm gonna smash it, and then we're gonna come back and say, okay, how, but I really like that point. What do I need to do to convince you? We need to put it in the presentation, right. and rather than just putting it all in with your own biases. So right. hopefully, as we get better presenting together and learning from each other, we can really kind of keep that that bar moving upward. Right. Um, because that's something I say at all the rock tape courses. And, and the reason why we have those instructor summits just to take it back to what we were first talking about. Um, the course now that that we're presenting, if you took a course in 2014 or 15, is completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, it's completely, completely different. And you, and you might come to the course and say, well, I mean, that's how you guys were doing the shoulder and four or five years ago. Yeah. But we know a lot more than we did then. You know, and we've all had more practice than we did then. And and each person in that family has kind of started niching themselves and combining it with their breathing course or their PRI course or their FRC course and really adding another layer of this to make it even that much better. So hopefully people want to take the course, you know, again, hopefully people want to take the rock tape courses again. I, I know, like I said, like I said to you, I mean hearing Mike Shivers talk for the third or fourth time was the thing that finally did it for me. Yeah, And, um, you know, if you follow me on social media, people think that I live, eat, and breathe eat FRC and kin And, you know, a lot of times I do those posts just to see if I'm even on the right thought process, you know, right. and to kind of see, okay, well, well, this is how I'm using it. This community is pretty, pretty awesome and i have a lot of friends in it someone's got to message me if i'm way off base and be like joe i don't think that's you know what a pales and rails is and i'll be like oh my bad Uh, and i can make a correcting post or an edited post and be like hey i had a a great conversation with jesse we talked about pales and rails and i actually really liked his explanation of it you know so uh, I, i think that's what's what's interesting like when i make a post on on instagram i'm always like wow i hope someone calls me out on my shit yeah, and, 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 and how is this post going to be received and one of the things I was joking about with Court was I think I figured out the formula or the, the algorithm for my Instagram page it's really just to repost other things and then Google funny physical therapy memes and my account has just been exploded so that's all I'm going to do from now on I'm just going to Google funny physical therapy memes repost the things that I've already done or other people have already done because that's what the public wants Jesse they right. just want to yeah, you know, funny jokes and let's rehash the important stuff.
0: Well, and so for <laughs> me, I, I follow as many uh, people as I can so I can just have ideas on how to expand my movement capacity, right? So that's like a big thing that I'm really into right now is, you know, how Andrea Spina talks about, you know, your brain is just in this little dark cave all by itself and it needs yeah. to be told what to do. And so yeah. for your body – it's your joints. And so I am trying to figure out all those dark spaces within my movement to try and, and just expand and make as much um, um, movement capacities as I could possibly have. Yeah. And, that, and then I start obsessing about this new movement that I did and then figure out how to scale it to my clients and then figure out how to scale it to my athletes and then figure out how, like, well, if my mom came in how would I have her do that? And how would I have this progression to what I just did? Because I've been practicing this stuff for a while now and I've had, I have a pretty good strength and movement base just from my CrossFit. And so now I'm just expanding everything and, and just like, like my new favorite thing is those grip trainers, those old school grip trainers from like the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are amazing for radiation for shoulder cars. Right. So like, you throw those things on, you get immediate irradiation, and then now that shoulder cars is so much harder yeah. Like, yeah, so now I'm buying all those and making my clients do their shoulder cars with that and they're like, this is so much different like, yeah. Man, that's how you should have been doing it earlier yeah. so it's just uh, and so basically I'm following as many people as I can just to have training ideas and and you know sometimes I look at it. As like a, a challenge, like when you posted the, the hovers with the internal and external rotation, like, yes, ah. I'm doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just uh, so fun just like because it's like if you follow the right people, it becomes a community and everybody's trying to build each other up. Like-
1: yeah, and, and to your point, you, you completely nailed it. I think all of us, you know, who are trying to get better at it are starting with ourselves. Yeah. Because if you're not comfortable moving in your own body, you're not going to help other bodies move. Right. Um, And for you to be able, like you said, okay, I know what I feel during that. So now you're teaching a group class, you're teaching your mom, you're teaching an elite CrossFit athlete, you know, and they're giving you feedback on what they feel. Instantly you have now reasoning to say, okay, how can I modify this? If they're feeling it here, how would I get them to feel what I feel? Right. And, you know not to say that what i'm feeling is normal but right. you just follow the ideas of elongation of tissue opening and closing angle joint pains okay well the things that's elongating should probably feel the stretch not the things that are shortening right so how can i you know always adapt that and and you know i always laugh at um you know, Joe or Frank when they do those, uh, you know, kin stretch challenges or whatever. But I mean, it really does start spark a lot of creativity and right. oh, well oh, I remember there was a couple that I couldn't do. And I was just like, well, I couldn't do this, but I came up with this instead while I was struggling around the floor, like a dying fish. <laughs> and, and then it kind of opened up this whole other, you know, avenue for me to be like, oh, okay, cool. That, that might be something that I also, I also found challenging that someone else might too. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, like when, you're talking about just the, the, the grippers with the shoulder cards. I mean, just adding intention to movement right. can give you a hundred different exercises without changing your exercise. Right. But saying, hey, focus on this. That was great. Now take a little bit of pressure off this. Put more of that tension into the back of your shoulder or the front of your shoulder. And I mean, how much you can adapt, especially on the fly, yeah, uh, is, is what I found the most um, most utilized of the system for me anyway, you know? Right. you know, taking it from young and old and, you know, moms and dads and everyone in between.
0: Right. And then, so the, the one and only criticism that I had for uh, your guys's course was I was super pumped to take a kin stretch class from Joe Lavaca. I was like, yes, I'm so ready. And then, so, but there was a lot of like instruction within that kin stretch course. So, Or that kin stretch class that you had so uh, just a suggestion that I would have would be to maybe have a kin stretch class both days and yeah do like a half kin stretch class and then unpack it this is how you can help with everything that we're talking about and then do another one the next day and then unpack that one this is what we're trying to attempt there and so that um, Then you get like throughout the course of the two days, you get a full in stretch class from Joe Lavaco, which would be awesome. And then you also get the more of a a deeper insight on how to apply that to a lot of your clients during a a treatment phase.
1: That's good. That's great feedback. And that's exactly like the kind of stuff that's going to help us because, yeah, looking back on it, because we were pouring in like a half lecture movement thing. Yeah. there probably were a lot of things that people missed because they were writing things down or then, you know, to the point that we're making because they were trying to write something down or, or go back and, you know, take note of something. They weren't able to feel that movement. And that's really the whole purpose of that class, right? Is they can right. try to make people feel the different things that we were talking about the other day. So thank you, sir.
0: You're welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys are crushing it. And I, I'm super pumped that, all of these rock tape instructors are coming out with their own courses. It's really fun because then you get to go get more of an insight on how they practice, you know, uh, to go back to your point, like, you know, the last, uh, I think we've talked about this before too, but it's okay because that conversation was lost in the ether. (laughs) So uh, so the right when I got out of massage school was 2015 and I took a, a rock tape course at, Um, exos and the instructor was really kind of blase about it but I didn't really care because I just wanted to be certified in rock tape right? right and so now that you guys have all these super passionate instructors I need to take it again obviously and so then you know trying to figure out like which one of my friends that I've met on social media that I haven't met in person yet and trying to take it from them, you know what I mean? And or see how they teach or what's going on there. And I think that that's uh, And then, you know, as your course evolves, it'd probably be good to take that again too because, like, your course is not going to be the same a year from now.
1: Well, hopefully, right? And, right. and, and, and that would be, like, things that I'd also want people – like, as we get a year or two years or three years out, the, the people like yourself or the people who come back, those are going to be – even more important evaluation, not that every evaluation is important, but to be like, hey, why was this different than the first time? I mean, right. I'm telling people that we're always trying to, you know, change and maintain and you know, progress and push and come up with new ideas, but we're delivering the same course time in, time out. Well, then I either have to make some adjustments in how I'm delivering it, or we have to stop. Um, doing this all together because we can just record it and put it online and it, it'll never change because it will always be the same, you know?
0: Yeah, it would be boring as hell. Nobody wants that. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the fact that you guys are always learning and always encouraged to learn, there's no way that you can teach that course the same way twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, well,
1: you know, I think that um, being in that room with a lot of the rock tape instructors, and I, and I said this the first one that I came home from, when people ask me how was it, and I, and I always said I was like, it, it's really fascinating because there's a lot of celebrities there, you know, like in the movement world, and you're like, you're almost like, whoa, I didn't I didn't know they they were going to be here. I didn't know they were on the team. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. But then to have each one of them not feel like the smartest person in the room, and I think that's what kind of pushes. It's a little bit of this uh, competitive friendly competition that we have where it's like okay i want to do a presentation at the next Rockstock or the next rock tape instructor summit and i want to kind of show people my little twist on it and i want to see how it's received and that was uh i think one of the coolest things about this year is that there were a handful of us that got to do a 10 to 15 minute little presentation on a, a key concept or something that we deliver across the board And how do we bring that message home to the classes? So, um, you know, I got to talk a little bit about the limbic system and how I, you know, tie in some of the tape to that stuff. And a couple of other people got to go and and deliver their little quips and stories. And it was just, it was really interesting because, you know, your stories and the way that you explain things become almost routine, right? You you kind of go on autopilot after the first couple sentences. But then to hear that same idea spun a little bit differently you're like wow i even understand that a little bit better that's that's really good right uh, i know you said you just spoke to stella did stella uh tell you what he did on the extractor summit for his presentation
0: no we went off the rails on all kinds of different stuff man that guy <laughs> like i had a i had a plan going in and then you know just like pretty similar to our conversations it just was like just off that way it was
1: off off somewhere else yeah for sure well yeah
0: somebody uh, ran you off the highway and now you're on a country road and you don't know what's going on
1: yeah well i'd I'd have you email stella and ask him for his uh brooklyn languaged fascial uh system video that uh (laughs) he he popped up So it was was pretty funny, but uh, we all got to get out of that. It was just what we needed to kind of cap off a very busy weekend.
0: Right on. That's That's awesome
1: to share that with you when you uh, (laughs) – Yeah,
0: I'll let them know. I'll get a hold of that. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap this up. I know you're a little bit short on time. So uh, what books are you reading right now?
1: Oh, so interestingly enough, I just got done with Smart Moves. uh, I'm actually staring at it right now because I like to go back and kind of uh, read, jot down some notes and everything. Yeah, Uh, I'm also reading uh, "21 Lessons for the 21st Century." That's great by our boy Yuval. uh, Favorite authors. And yeah, interestingly enough, I I just picked up a couple of books on some CBD things and just stuff that I had no idea about that I just wanted to kind of get a little bit more familiar with. You know, patients started asking and it just seemed like everyone that was coming into my office was on some sort of like, Hey, I, I use CBD oil or use CBD cream on my shoulder. I did this, I did that. Is that okay? And I kind of just stood there like, hada, yeah, know? No idea. so um, yeah, usually when I come up with that answer, I make a little note and I'm saying hey, pick up a couple of CBD references or start perusing some, uh, some things on PubMed. And that's, uh, so that's kind of, uh, everything I'm reading right now. And if Courtney heard all that, she'd probably start freaking out on me because we have our little own book club.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And uh, what we're going to start reading, I think on Monday, I think that's our agreed date to start reading is actually talk like Ted.
0: Talk like Ted. Yeah. Yeah,
1: So that um, as another way to kind of hone in on some of our speaking skills and to just get each other on the same page as we uh, continue into our top down, bottom up world. So a couple of the instructions I've read talk like Ted and, uh, strongly recommended it, and they took a lot of stuff to help them speak better. Uh, yeah. It just seems like no matter what you do with those TED Talks, man, they always just blow you out of the water. So good.
0: That's it. And, it's really interesting. and uh, so one book that I'm reading right now is The Brain That Changes Itself. And so uh, my very first interview was like two years ago it was, you know, your fearless leader, Steve Capobianco, right? And so. He recommended that book and I went and found it and I read like the first two chapters. I was like, this is amazing. And then I stopped reading it and I'm like, why did I do that? So I'm almost done with that one. Um, but I highly recommend, uh, listening to David Goggins audio book. He is, he is the most inspiring human probably ever and leaves, you know, his, he's one of those people that had a really rough childhood and you know, was, really overweight and, and had a dead-end job and, and basically shows you that no excuse that you have in your head matters. Like you can accomplish anything you want. And so it's a really good book. And so what they do is they read through the chapter and then they do like an after action report after each chapter, like kind of podcast style. So Interesting. It's, yeah, so you get more out of the audio book than you do actually out of the book because then they talk about it and he gives a little uh, bit of extra story. I you love know. that.
1: I just got into audiobooks myself. And speaking of the brain that changes itself, I, re- I audio book, the brain's way of healing, which is part two of that series. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you consider it part two, right. Um, right. But then uh, what, now what was Goggins book? Cause I, Dave Goggins is a name that I've heard fly around. What's the name of that audiobook? It's called can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Okay, yeah. cool. And I so be jotting that down and adding it to my Amazon wish list, which oh, is now another forty five pages of forty five pages long of books that I potentially would like to read before I die. Right.
0: And I'm telling you, man, this one I listened to it twice in a row. And then all of my other friends that listen to it are like, I think all other audiobooks suck now. And I'm like, I think they do as well. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so. Well, a formula for the next ones, right? All
0: the new right. ones.
1: Hey, come up with an, an idea like this where you bring it back at the end of each chapter and talk to me about it a little bit, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> right on. All right, brother. I'm going to let you go because we're a little bit over time. But thank you so much for coming on again, man. I appreciate sure. it.
1: Anytime. Always uh, have a fun time talking to you. And uh, yeah, let's do it again when I have more interesting things to talk about.
0: Sounds good, brother. (laughs) All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good night, Justin. See you, bud.